Welcome to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every single week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. We're going to jump right into things today, uh, but listener, know that for all of your foggy needs, visit thefearofgodpodcast.com for merch, for episode archives, for Patreon access. In fact, join Patreon now to be able to get an invitation to our annual Halloween party, Fogoween taking place october 29th at 8 p.m eastern standard time but that's enough shilling for us i want today to share the spotlight with another co-laborer in the world of horror back for his third time in the fog it is president of van rider games maker of the smash solo board game final girl whose kickstarter for series three has just impaled previous records currently sitting at 1.2 million dollars of their asked for 300,000 goal with still two weeks to go, friends and foggers, it is AJ Porfirio. AJ, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, Nathan. I appreciate it. Love, always love coming and chatting with you. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate having you guys around too, especially in the thick of uh, your chaotic season. And and so, so tell me a little bit. Yeah, like, it's kind of tradition at this point, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's good is this time we at least caught you in the middle of it. You know, last year, or actually, I was looking back. It was February first was the first time you were on and that was like literally the very end of the um uh series two kickstarter how you know like uh, catching you midstream like this like how's it going are you okay are you sleeping is it uh yeah it's good so i mean the crazy the craziest times are the beginning like the first couple days and then the last couple days yeah uh, and then the middle is is less some some kickstarters you know we do a lot of different games and and of different sizes Sometimes it's real easy, uh, you know, to manage these bigger ones, even during the middle, even though it is a little bit slower than the, the beginning and the end is still very busy. I mean, we're doing a, an update almost every day, if not every day. Um, you have to stay engaged with the backers. Comments are coming in all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely busy, um, but we're, we're we're hanging in there. We're doing good. You know, I, I, um, something I've been impressed with y'all uh, about is your your Discord activity. And is that now I found you uh, circa Final Girl 2. So y'all were uh, very much had your legs under you as far as, you know, producing stuff and that kind of thing goes and, and, and clearly had uh, uh, a long on-ramp previous to Final Girl 2 for developing your audience base. But is that... Is that something that you observed other companies do and saw, hey, there's a real opportunity to develop this base? Was it something that just organically developed? Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, first off, I'm a huge fan and you guys do a great job of this, of building your community, interacting with your fans and customers and 
there's a strength in that, right? Like as a, as a business or a brand kind of having that fan base, right. And, and having them feel like they have some access to you, right? Like, yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the cool things about the board game industry in general is, is people are fairly accessible. It's, it's commonplace to, you know, get to talk to a designer or a publisher or an artist, um, maybe a little different than, you know, a huge rock star, right. That's probably a lot harder to, to sort sure, of sure. Yeah. get some personal time. But anyway, I'm, I'm circling around a little bit because I, I happened to actually, so I knew about discord for a while and I always kind of just thought of it as, Oh, it's a place. And I had even used it in this way, but it's like, Oh, it's a great thing for video gamers to use if they want to go have voice chat while they're video gaming. And this is right. I think discord had a lot of that before the systems kind of, integrated that themselves I, i'm maybe speaking out of my lane here because i'm not a huge video gamer but sure that was my experience so fast forward um i came across some other discords in a different industry actually and just saw actually how powerful it was in community building mm-hmm. and that inspired me to sort of create our discord and you know i met i i gr- grew up in the 80s 90s and when message boards and forums came out like sure. i was like all about that and so that discord reminds me a lot of that right where it's yeah. it is heavily you know text-based chat at least in our discord there's you can do voice chats and videos and that stuff there too but our discord is primarily text-based but what i also loved about it was you could implement implement things that you know little point systems and things that reward people and like yeah all these tools right beyond just like a normal message board that are fun things to do where you feel like you're accomplishing. There's a leveling system, right? Like in our discord, you get XP and, you know, for, for, um, interacting and doing different things and people level up and they, and we can give them cool little perks, right? Like when they reach level 10, you know, they become an all-star for example, in our community. And that opens up a a special channel that only all-stars have access to, and I, it's it's funny our our all star community members have latched onto that so much that the the song um, "Hey Now You're an All Star You're a Rock yeah, Star" yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that is like the theme song of the channel. And that's hilarious. Re- recently, they literally went and posted gifts of each line or word of that song, and they made the whole song <laughs> oh gosh, from just oh gifts in that channel. And so like, that's hilarious um, yeah, nothing yeah. To do with board games, but like people are having a good time and, 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 uh, interacting with each other and building relationships. So like, I just right now, I mean that, that, and things change, but right now that is by far my favorite, um, in the best place that where we are cultivating our community. That's awesome. That's very cool. It's funny. You, you, you brushed up against a topic. I, I, though didn't prep you for i think you'll have a lot of thoughts on and that's just observing the what perceives or what i perceive rather to be the growth of the quote-unquote board game industry and how you know you mentioned so we are probably of similar age grew up 80s 90s like I, i did play video games growing up i had a few key sort of franchises that i would latch on to uh listeners know legend of zelda being one of those but um, you know, just adulthood, parenthood, all that sort of stuff. Those, some of those things start to ebb away, not because of lack of interest, just lack of time and stuff like that. And, and, uh, played 
uh, Heroclix for almost 20 years and, and was in that kind of miniatures tabletop space and always enjoyed board games. But it feels like, and this is what I mean, you can sort of speak to this a little bit being a publisher in this realm. Is it just me? Is it one of those things you finally click into a, 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 a new horizon line of, of things, like in this case, Nathan and paying attention to board games, so so I can own that maybe it's just me becoming aware of it, or is it just, is it growing? Is, is it, is there more, um, you know, more than there ever has been? Uh, uh, you know, I think a lot about COVID and how, you know, f- for all its devastation, there are these weird little pockets that sort of, you'll understand the sensitivity of this word benefited from mm-hmm. the fact that everybody's just kind of home and they're, they're wanting yeah. entertainment. That's, that's maybe non-traditional. And, and, and this is where something like the board game world kind of yeah. d- developed a whole new, a whole new uh, wind in their sails. Does that feel like, yeah, yeah no, hundred uh, percent. I mean, I remember when, when that whole, whole thing started, everyone, no one knew what was going to happen, right? Everyone in all facets of life and like the board game industry, there were real concerns of of oh my gosh like so many businesses are gonna are gonna go away like it everyone's gonna circle the wagons they're not gonna be spending money on anything that's not necessity like there were some yeah. real fears out there um and and actually <laughs> funnily enough we we were planning to launch final girl when all that has started happening and it, and there were people out there that started saying, don't launch a Kickstarter right now. If you launch a Kickstarter, you know, it's a mistake and this, that, and the other, and people are, they're not going to have, they're not going to be using their money on this. And we were like, we didn't honestly didn't really have much of a choice. Cause like, sure. We had too much invested. Like there's no way we could wait six months. Right. Like, you know, at this point, you know, we are, we're a company with employees and things like that. Um, I can see, you know, back when I started, if it was just me, yeah, we sure. could have pushed it, something like that. But, but we said no, we're going forward, and we did, and it went great. And what ended up happening was exactly what you said. So many people that board games were never even on their mind before that. Now you're home with your family. You know, we're all we're all uh, going out of our minds a little bit, not going, not being able to, you know, sure. barely walk outside and do do normal life things. And so board games became those sales during that time were amazing for board game companies. Um, And so, and solo games in particular, which final girls, a solo game is, were also really hot. Right. So that gets started doing amazing probably for some of those reasons and others. Um, But yeah, people like yourself and others have found this hobby, um, you know, partly because of, of that, you yeah, know, COVID, uh, everything, all that terrible, sure that terrible yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's, it's called it's called finding silver linings. Yeah, we don't celebrate have some tragedy. It's over called, that period. <laughs> sure, no, I get it. Um, uh, a lot of this gray you see in the beard uh, <laughs> is probably due to that period of time. Um, so we're gonna I, I actually uh, I want to come back to something you said there in a few minutes, but uh, here here at the fear of God right now, uh, in in sort of spooky season, uh, we started this last year doing a an entire franchise run. Last year we did Halloween. This year we're doing Scream, and you know certainly want to um, uh, shine a, a big light on on Final Girl. But I'm curious from you. Um, we're in the middle of Screamoween. Like what, 
what is your affection appreciation fandom of experience of you know do you have a particular memory around or or one of the installments uh speak speak to your experience of the scream franchise and and kind of how that's been yeah i <laughs> yeah i i enjoy scream i am not a super fan that i've found there are many of sure of yeah scream which I, I and we have actually have tons of conversations about this here in our offices because obviously with Final Girl we we do some homages and and we are inspired by different films right and and what and that you know Scream gets brought up all the time oh you guys should sure. do something like that and and you know um, it's it's probably one of the more more asked for kind of things for mm-hmm. us to use as inspiration and. Me personally, like, like I said, I'm not like a super fan. I, I, uh, I remember when the first one come, came out and I think I was in high school. I think I was a teenager and I think I eventually ended up seeing it. I don't know if I can't remember if I saw it in the theater or not, but I, it was great. Right. Like first scream, you know, super, uh, super strong cast. Right. Like they had some good some good names in there and some that weren't as well known, but, but now are known a lot better. Sure. Um, and have, have you kept up with the series at all? I have. Yeah. I I've, I've seen, I think there might be one in the middle there that I didn't see. Um, Cause Evan was telling me about it and I didn't really remember. I think it was the one with Hay- Hayden Panettiere or something where it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. the movie yeah. within the movie within the, and like, I was like, I don't really remember that. So maybe I didn't see, is that three? Four. So, so I can only speak as knowledgeably as knowledgeably as I can because I'm literally watching them right now. But um, for me personally, and don't don't feel bad if if you're not a hyper fan. I am a I am a growing fan. Have always appreciated yeah. it. The, the The first film uh, was kind of a singular experience for me. I caught it at that right moment in high school, and and it you know hit the zeitgeist. But uh, pretty ambivalent on two. I have found things to like about three, even though it's kind of the the redheaded stepchild of the franchise. Um, what you're referring to is four, which came out in 2011, either 2010 or 2011. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it it was the first one in over a decade of the franchise. Um, it, it kind of lodges in this weird place where, so five and six, which is up to where they are now, five and six are a whole new cast and yeah. we're following this those. cast. Yeah. yeah. Well, four exists in this weird kind of axis point. And mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, it is is quite strong. Like to okay. me, and, and in fact, this is all fresh on my mind because we just recorded about it. But to me, four kind of does, uh, does very well what the franchise as a whole does best. Uh, okay. and, and is pretty closed off. Uh, like you don't, you don't have to know a ton other than, you know, uh, Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox right. are the lead, you know, the, sure, the sort of sure. leads in it. But other than that, no, it's, it's very yeah. good. And I mean, when he was what, telling me about it, I, it sounded interesting. Like it, it, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I should check this out. So, I mean, especially since I think that's the only one I should definitely make the time to, to check yeah. it out. Um, it, it, it is funny because I thought about y'all and and ghostface watching through this and and how that could work and i like to give away ideas for free because i'm a believer in uh sharing creativity but i was like man there's there's got to be some mechanic you could do because the to me what's cool about the scream franchise series uh isn't necessarily any one singular movie uh it's that kind of in any given movie who anyone can be in the mask you know like that that idea has some legs to it and i was like man that'd be kind of weird and cool if you could you know 
the mechanic yeah. of subbing in different characters as as your killer who traditionally wouldn't have been. So, you know, the, it's y'all's job to uh, experiment in the lab with those, these <laughs> well, ideas. Well, I will say this. I, I, I always like to give little teases when, when I come on with you guys. And this is by no means any kind of commitment or anything. So take sure. it at face yeah. value and people listening take it at face value. But we did have a very... Um, we, we had a design retreat a couple months ago and we had a com- very compelling conversation um, between me, Evan and, and the other employees and team about how that might work. Yeah. So that's and cool. there was a lot of excitement um, around that conversation. So whether that turns into anything or not, you know, who knows, no sure. problem, but yeah, well, that's a, okay. That's as good of a that's as good of a seed to be planted as you could hope for. I guess. No, I, I appreciate people. that, yeah. and I love that. You know, y'all y'all naturally as as I think a healthy company doing the things you do would do. You know, you, you you've always got the train of of ideas going and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. it's funny that that pivots well. So so Final Girl Three is here, uh, and you know, you just kind of uh, uh, fed well this next uh, sort of question here because I I have this image in my head you know, kind of like a band prepping an album, you know, like, like songs are written, too many songs are written, songs get recorded, they get changed, they get re-recorded, they get rewritten. There's, you know, you've, you've got to cut some stuff uh, until you whittle it down ultimately to this kind of 10 or 12 tracks, uh, yeah. you know, that, that you land on. And for y'all, the, the sort of magic number each season thus far, it seems is five, you know, and then you've got kind of ancillary new things like the the Krampus themed one that, that mm-hmm. kind of exists a little outside of that, but you know, the, the series is five yeah. um, with kind of spinoffs if we want to use that language. And it's really mm-hmm. funny. I just said the word series and my Siri just popped up on my computer. <laughs> no, thank you. You could series. say, I mean, season series is in season. Sure. So sure. Yeah, I'm going with the British nomenclature is yeah. series there, I guess. So and that's I, the official I, term. So, yeah. 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 Um, so I, I guess speak to that a little bit. One, I, I do have, uh, you know, creative energies and, and output in my background. So co- I'm always intrigued by people's processes. You know, is, is that is that for you guys a hard process? Is it, you know, I imagine, of course, it's it's largely fun with partly hard to once it comes time. Do certain ones emerge as leading contenders? And it's like, OK, well, let's lean in there because the mechanic is getting cracked in the room. And, and, and yeah. you know, talk a little bit about that process. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. The, the process has um, kind of evolved over time, actually. So when we started, obviously, with Final Girl Series 1, which at the time there was no series, it was just Final Girl, right? Because it was a new sure. thing. And we didn't have a big box. We didn't have, oh, there's going to be five. Well, like, we didn't. None of that was decided. It was just me and Evan going hey we love horror movies we want let's make a solo game and we you know took some inspirations and started making stuff basically uh and then in the in the first campaign we frightmare on maple lane got added basically as a surprise like bonus you know we're hey we're going to give everyone similar to north north pole nightmare in the in series three we did something similar to frightmare it was like everything's going amazing. Here's another one. If we hit this, if we hit a certain funding amount, you're going to get this for free or a discounted price or whatever. And so that's how the, that's actually how the five feature films kind of happened. Mm. It was, it was honestly like at the beginning of that case, there were going to be four. I literally came up with the idea for Frightmare and went to the beach and like designed it while the Kickstarter is going on. Oh, <laughs> was wow. Like, yes, this is great. And like, let's do this. Um, and so, 
then, you know, it was a big success. We started playing series two. It was a lot more intentional, right? So, like, um, we started thinking about, okay, which what feature films do we want to do? You know, me and Evan were, were thinking about, you know, we had uh, Mike Martins was an incredibly great playtester, lead playtester for us, and knew the system almost as well as me and Evan. So we were like, maybe Mike can design one. So he did a knock at the door, right? Um, which is a home invasion style one. And then we said, you know, Hey, it's final girl. Like it, we should, we should have a woman design one, right? Like it's, it's sure we we're creative and fun and we, we know what we're doing, but like, you know, we got to get, we got to get some, some other views on this and some other designs. So we went out, and got Julie Ahern, who at the time was employed by another publisher. Now she works for us, um, which is, is cool. Um, so she did hers. And so then fast forward to now we're through series two and we are like, well, hell we just did $2 million. Like we got to keep going. Right. Like right. This, is, this train is, uh, really left the station now. So, um, and, and by way, a quick aside, like I always find it funny. I'll see these comments all, uh, fairly regularly where someone will say, yeah, there's no more ideas left. They've pretty much done everything. And it's just hilarious sure. for me because there's so there's, we could honestly like make these yeah. probably yeah. like the, the horror space is there's so much room to just, and it's such sure. a fun playground to play in. But anyway, so for series three, what we actually did was we said, okay, this thing has gotten real big, you know, me and Evan, obviously, we're going to do something for Series 3, right? But now that we've started doing guest designers and other designers, let's do this. So we went uh, to our staff, our employees, and, and to, like, Mike, because he, you know, he had done one, and also to a few other outside designers. And we said, okay, everyone, you're going to pitch. You're going to bring your idea for a feature film to me and Evan, or, well, we're going to talk about them in a group. You're going to pitch to the group, basically. Sure. And including me and Evan, we're going to pitch ours. And then me and Evan are kind of going to go go off and decide, okay, what do we think the best of these five? Sure. Which ones of these five do we want to to go forward? So that's how we did Series 3. And so, so a, few, a few ideas fell away on the cutting room floor, obviously. But that doesn't mean that those might not show up. You know, if sure. you do stuff, if you do more in the future, but it was a really awesome exercise to to hear our team's creativity, to get inspired by each other and our, yeah. our ideas, yeah. and so that's kind of how the film, the feature films from series three came about was was that process. Well, in the, in the spirit of that, and maybe I, I can respect if you decide to. Um you know, say, Nathan, I, I will refrain from answering that because I want to hold on to future ideas. But I've got to imagine as the game does expand. I mean, it's funny. I looked at, um, uh, by the way, I have backed for three. So I, I am paying attention to um, uh, the updates and the, but I was I was looking specifically at just sort of the, the overview stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and there was this graph and it's kind of like with now season three, here's the number of, um, combinations oh, and right. things like that yeah. so i've got to imagine as the game expands the the need for those playtest guardrails goes up just because okay we're, we're we you know uh, uh choice over here can't break 
established choice over here, or if it does, it's got to be very specifically designed to do that. Are there things that you feel like you, uh, you know, can share of like, Hey, Mm -hmm. here, here, here's an idea, a mechanic that, that we tested for a while, man, we, we love the idea, just could not sort of make it work yet or, or at all. Like what, how would that, we, um, play out for you guys? So that's another great question. Um, so we actually early on, uh, in the process of, of series one, when we, when we, you know, kind of saw that, Hey, this is going to be modular killers and locations are going to be able to be mixed. Like that was an, an important tenant for us was, Hey, we want there to be a lot of replayability. We want you to be able to take your favorite killer to a location sure. that comes in another box, all that stuff. We decided early on that, and we knew that that was going to create basically exponential interactions between yeah. cards that would be impossible to test every possible. Like it's just not even possible. Like we can test, we can, we can test every killer, every location, but even that now is getting to be, I mean, now there's, you know, with series three, there's 15. If you don't, if you just count the feature films, 15 different locations, you know, testing one killer now at 15 different locations was a lot different than the first series where it was five. Right. So we knew that, that this would be, I don't want to call it an issue, but it would be a challenge, right? Like something or something that we would have to account for. So very early on, we made the decision that we're never going to be able to solve every problem that could come up in the game. Like there could be some weird interaction that we don't even know about that when it happens to a player, it could be the first time it's ever happened in the sure. game. Like, yeah. So what we did is one of the key things we did is we, in our rule book, we introduced something called the rules of ambiguity. Mm-hmm. which basically give you the player the tools to resolve things like that when it comes up. So it's not going to be covered in the rule book. We're not going to make a formal ruling on it. Like uh, many times when those questions get asked, the answer will be use the, re- use the rules of ambiguity and the rules of ambiguity say something to the effect of, we give you a, we give you a few options. You could do, do what's worse for you, do what's most thematic do what you think is kind of funny or hilarious. Sure. Um, and most people go with the thematic one or the worst for them one. And so, which basically just says, Hey, if there's a situation not covered in the rules, do what makes sense thematically. Right. Like if it's like, you know, the killer has a choice to go. Like, actually I was watching a playthrough uh, yesterday and he had just attacked the killer and then moved into a space you know, an adjacent space. And when the killer moved, it was targeting the closest and it was a tie between them and the, you know, someone else or, or there was a victim in their space and the other one. And so because he had just attacked him, he justified that, well, the killer would come after me. Right. Like I just right. attacked him. Right. So they'd come in there. So stuff like that. Right. Like the, and, and that keeps you from having to like swim in the rule book and like, sure. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like it's, it's yep. the worst thing in a game, especially a solo game. Like if you're, every three seconds having to like look up a different rule. And so we knew from the beginning, like we have to give people a tool. We can't even account for everything. It's not impossible. And so our testing process is pretty robust and we do a lot of cross testing, like different killers at different locations. But now that we are so far into this, we've, we've actually as developers and designers gotten so good at the system 
Yeah. That, for example, like North Pole Nightmare, we all, we wanted to, I wanted to keep it a secret so much that we only shared it with like our lead playtesters. We didn't even share it with other, you know, normally we go test with a bunch of different people. Sure, sure. But I felt so confident that in our knowledge of the system and our ability to develop it internally and, and that, you know, we we can do it, right? Like, and it's, you know, it works great. It's per- and, and in fairness, that also is, it's lighter on special rules. Yeah. Um, so the more special rules coming along, then yeah, we it needs to be a little more robust, but um yeah, so yeah we know the system really well and 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 that's it yeah yeah it's funny and and uh it sounds like i'm going to be um you know speaking ill of a company not present it's mainly just because i have a deep experience <laughs> with them but uh i mentioned hero clicks and and that's a very different style of game it's it's collectible it's you know just glut of product and that's one of the things that ultimately drove me personally out was uh, it didn't have solo component uh, way to do it uh, in a solo fashion. Um, they they just kept shoving product out into the market and COVID happened. I'm like, this stuff is expensive. It's just piling up. It's collecting dust. Uh, it's taking up space. It's not getting played with. So so that was a lot of the driver out. But to your point about, you know, your the rule of ambiguity there, like, bless their hearts, they'd release a new release and like a week later, here's the errata for these mm. six figures. Like, dang, y'all, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but again, not my interest to to bash, more just the uh, honestly acknowledging the problem yeah. that comes when the system is deep and the longevity is long of of mm-hmm. these interactions that you don't forecast or don't, you know, uh, uh, proof text, <laughs> you know, proof yeah. before you release. Well, I mean, as a publisher, I can say like, it's, it's very difficult to, Sure. Even yeah. even to make the most basic game without missing something, you know, you know, everyone has erratas. Like, sure, sure. Um, I think that the in, the interesting thing is, if you step back and think about it, it's so obvious, right? Like, it's your game, especially a solo game, right? Like, you can't go in a competitive game and be like, "Well, you can make up the rules as you play." Like, right, right, right. You beat your opponent because you decided like like this rule, but like in a co op game or a solo game giving them that tool is it's almost like duh right like it's court of course like i can decide it's my game like right right but, but board gamers are procedural players and yes. rule followers yes um like obviously there's exceptions but most people are like oh my gosh you got to tell me the rules if i don't know the rules then i uh, i don't know what to do and they they get a little bit paralyzed so like sure. we're, we're just telling them something obvious that they can do Right. But giving them that permission, like within the rule book and saying, hey, not only is it okay, this is what you should be doing, right? Like right. you should make the call in these cases. And so just having someone tell them that as a board, and I'm a board gamer too, and like, so I can speak from that side too. Like, oh, wow, like how refreshing. I have permission to make the yeah. call and keep the game moving. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, if you're a thematic gamer, especially, like, yeah, that's yeah. and that's what I do a lot of times in those games where I'm swimming in the rule book. I'm like, you know what? Even if this is the wrong answer, I'm making rule, the call so right. I can keep this game moving. Yeah, and it's so, funny. I, just just this year, for the first time in my life, although I even told my wife shortly after this began, I was like, I feel stupid that I didn't take this up sooner. Uh, had a, a buddy who wanted to get a D and D group going and and invited me to join that, and um, 
activity has has uh, waned a bit but we did kind of weekly uh every few weeks um for about six months or so and it was funny to your point about rules i am not so much a rule follower but but because i had never done it before i was trying to just comprehend like okay well what what are the lanes i'm supposed to kind of operate in and and i know dnd is a little different than uh maybe a lot different than a lot of traditional board games but this particular dm is a huge fan of just the story component. He's like, well, just what do you want to do? Like, t- right. talk me through the idea you've got. I'll sort of make a call on how valid or not that is. Mm-hmm. And and that actually, to your point about, you know, kind of your approach and, and what y'all apply to, to spackle the gaps uh, as they were in Final Girl is that gave me a lot of fun and freedom like okay mm-hmm. cool and sometimes i would pitch a real a real hardcore vision of a, a task or action he's like okay well let's turn that back a little bit I'm like okay cool yeah <laughs> or okay or are you sure you do it. yeah yeah, yeah. The, uh, or uh okay well this is how you can do it roll x to determine if if this is going to work or not and you know right. sometimes the risk goes up uh depending on the veracity of the idea i don't i don't think it's y'all but i do um so I can't remember where this phrase came from. It might be, I also play a lot of champions, which is final, uh, um, fantasy yeah. flight. And, um, uh, I think it's them. They have what's called a grim rule where it's basically like, you just, you assume the worst. Like if yeah. there's, if there, if there's a gap in comprehension or the rule moment, you just, whatever least benefits yeah. you, <laughs> that's what you go for. And we're by, I mean, we're not like, like claiming like we did this first like there's sure yeah yeah Yeah. like kingdom death has the rule of death which is the same thing as the group okay do always do what's worse for you and that's the most common i would say is like do what's worse for you yeah um sometimes i think you know it's it's implemented like you can choose right like you want to choose right that's for you that's fine yeah 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 uh so so now i really uh, one i'm just a fan i'm just kind of you know, how, how people design their creative, uh, life really. And, and ultimately the products that, uh, are birthed from that, uh, design process. Um, one, one real technical note, uh, on, uh, y'all's, you know, product line, as it were, I think anyone who knows final girl would probably agree that one of the coolest aspects of the game itself is just the sculpted minis. That's just a really, um, just a great, you know, kind of, thematic and just sort of design component that enhances the gameplay. And this year y'all released uh, for season one for series one, the, the alternative minis, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I did pick those up as well. They're very cool. Um, nice. And curious, like, is that stuff like that? Is that like, Oh, let's, here's a one-off idea. We've got some, you know, some alternative yeah. designs. Uh, is that a thing do, do um, our, our, products like that something you see doing more of like what what do you envision yeah for stuff so like that? uh so we actually make the, the series one alternative killer sculpts here mm. we actually have our own injection molding machine uh here in at our we have a warehouse near this i'm at our headquarters but we have a small warehouse over there that is meant for that operation um and so we got that so that we could do cool things like that. Right. Like where we don't have to go get a minimum print run in China. Right. Like we can sure. do something cool. That's maybe, maybe we just do two or 300 minutes. Like we have a dice jail, right. Where that it's this little miniature jail that you can put your dice in when they're not rolling well for you. Right. And yeah. they can come out after they've done their time. Like 
that was kind of one of the first things we did with that. So we, we can do min- some different miniatures here um, with a, a lot more flexibility, right? Like <laughs> now the challenge we're facing right now is that we've had some issues and it's, you know, after we did that, that small print, first print run of the alternate sculpts, uh, we haven't been able to reprint, even though there is much demand. There's a ton of demand for the more of those, and we will do more of them. Right now, we're just our, yeah. our machines down. So, like, we're addressing gotcha. that, resolving that, and then that will come back. Um, and we'll be doing those, you know, until we get caught up with some demand, right? And then, you know, what else we can do? Of course, like, you know, is there opportunity to do alternate sculpts for other series? Yes, of course there is. Um, so having that here lets us do a lot of cool things with a lot shorter turnaround time in theory, yeah. um, yeah. if everything's working like it should. Um, but yes, like we, that's why we got it. We want to do cool things like that. We want to eat, you know, promotional items, special items for games, like things like that, uh, that aren't necessarily meant. I know right now it probably seems like they're like a limited or exclusive thing. It's not meant to be that. It's gotcha. just we got to get the production back up. So yeah. a lot of people are clamoring for those and and wondering, you know, because they're not they're not really part of the Kickstarter because of the reasons I just said. Because um, everything else is printed overseas, right? Like in mass production, and we could do that, right? But we've already we've already created and done them here, so we want to make sure the quality matches each time. And it is, a, I mean, it is an optional thing, right? Like it's sure. just different poses of right. the killers right which people know and love and they want them for sure but like it is not a necessity that you yeah, yeah, yeah. play the game or yeah. anything like that but so, you mentioned but you mentioned board gamers being rule followers they're also completionists and uh they you are, know, yes. <laughs> and, like <laughs> yes i and i get that and that is not again is not our intent to sure kind of Withhold. keep that from anyone uh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just a matter of logistics like yeah i know Frankly, if I'm a completionist consumer, I'm saying I don't care. That's your problem, AJ, and that's no. Fair. Well, like, don't hear that. That's not. Yeah. That was not. Well, well no. I mean, yeah. it's not. Yeah. I'm saying it for them because it's not really their job to figure out how. Sure, sure. For us to be able to meet demand, that's our job, and yeah. so but we're going to do it. And and we're just we've run into a few hiccups here on this on that particular thing, uh, but you know it's not you can't get it. It's just, you can't get it right now. <laughs> like, it's funny. It's Recently, uh, um, uh, my wife and I were out to dinner with some folks and, and uh, Matt, I can't remember if I was talking about maybe starting or not starting a TV show or something. And I brought up to this other couple, I was like, well, you know, the reason I haven't done X again, I can't exactly remember what the X was, but it was, I, I said is because I'm kind of that completionist brain. Mm-hmm. Once I start it, I'll want to keep going. And I just don't maybe don't have the time. And it was funny because later on, my wife was like, I don't know that I would have known that about you. I was like, uh, yes, I, I will not. Uh, I am bad about, yeah. you know, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The thing comes yeah. out. Okay. Well, what are so all were, of the components? You, I mean, how deep are you into Marvel champions? Cause you said you played Marvel. I've mean, got everything. Insane yeah, yeah, yeah. amount yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, the good news with champions though, is they pace the releases in such a way that you can, okay. it, it at least feels like, you know, they take their time. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and again, well, what you have to remember is I came from the Heroclix world where 
dude at peak oh. production it was yeah. insane i yeah. one my limit was only marvel i, I am a a, a, okay. a marvel zombie That's through great. and through uh and two i eventually just had to break myself i had to will myself to just i, I can't complete sets that's not even right an option anymore it's too expensive all that sort of stuff so so no it is it's very and, much and that's a good DNA. that's a good point because like i i knew about marvel champions from the beginning i've heard solo players talk about how great it is and like it just took me so long to finally get to it and I, I i played it now and i've gotten to it and i have a fair amount of stuff but i came into it so much later which i guess is a similar if someone's coming into final girl now at series yeah. three that can be overwhelming it's like wow that's a whole lot of stuff so like it's funny the perspective right like if you started from the beginning it's like oh you're just like oh yeah like they just come out it's one more pack right like, right yes exactly <laughs> first me i'm like wow man I, i'm like i got all the x-men and like there's still like a yes <laughs> and so it's funny like i'm not necessarily like a completionist like i'm totally fine not having everything uh, but i do also see that side yeah and i guess for certain things especially things you geek out over like i was immediately like uh, in the store when I was buying them, I was like, okay, like anything X Men, like that was my favorite growing up, right? I'm, yep. I'm getting all that. Oh, there's Wolverine, give me that. There's Phoenix. He, the guy was like, what about this one? So, you know, he'd be like, basically the the upselling the you, sales guy. Yeah, he's like, oh, you don't have, you don't have a uh, We got to get Mutant Genesis core box and right. then the uh, next evolution box. You know, I just yeah. played through that this weekend. Um, oh, with yeah. in I, fact, I, did get the, I think I have a Mutant Genesis for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've gotten through Magneto on that one, and he murdered everyone who was playing. And then just this weekend, uh, Matt Murray, who you know, and then another gentleman, Stephen Hairgrove, we we played through Next Evolution, and it's a fun game. It really is. Yeah. Uh, it can start yeah, if you don't really if you don't crack the rhythm quick enough, though. It can become a little bit of a slog. You're like, oh my god we've been playing this one character for three hours, you know, <laughs> we're just, I mean, it didn't take much to sell me. Like as soon as I'm like reading the rules and it's, it, as soon as it talked about the alter ego and you flip from, yeah. Oh yeah. I was yeah. like, that's amazing. Cool. Like, yes, I mean, yes. Like, yes. And that's something I've said about champions overall is, and, and, you know, kudos to you guys for splitting the middle here. I, I love the design of champions. I miss the, the miniature aspect of clicks, but I, again, not really going to venture back that direction. And so I like how Final Girl again splits the difference. You've got the card components that that steer the the play itself, but the miniature aspects that kind of just add that extra flavor. Uh, but uh, with Champions, something I've often said that I really appreciate about it is when when it's in motion, when a given game is in motion, you're like, this is really cool. Like they've really designed this in a way that feels very thematic, and yeah. you know, you ignore the the numerals on your cards and in favor of, okay, what's the actual story playing out? It's, right. it's a, it's a pretty cool design, but we're, we're here to talk about y'all. And I want to yeah. at least ask one or two more questions before we uh, off ramp here and let you get back to uh, managing your controlled chaos. So in one of, uh, actually, I think it's on the FAQ on the Kickstarter, you talked about people playing final girl in pairs or groups, which is, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, game designed as, as, you know, solo effort, um, uh, but having this component to it. And I think what's cool about that concept is, you know, uh, uh, weirdos like us at the fog who may not have others to enjoy it can do the solo aspect, but it's also cool that this aspect has grown up around it as well. Can you, uh, can you say more about that? Like speaking yeah. very practically, you know, how are people 
doing that you know what's what's yeah. the method by which you know a pair of folks are, are playing a given game i've got my 12 year old well now she's 13 as of yesterday two days ago and i think she would get into it uh but it is a little like you know just hey go play this by yourself like well that's not you don't want to tell your kid that you know <laughs> trying to instill those bonding things so what are what are you finding and seeing that people are doing so i actually have a like a little bit of a a personal journey with this i guess if you want to call it that because i am kind of a purist like from a solo perspective like i am like no it's a solo game like that's it like it's, uh -huh. the rules are written for a solo player like oh, this is where i started okay so right i'm like you know people come up to us at a convention you know i'd be like nah it's just kind of it's, it's a single player game it's meant to be that like it's very thematic sure you could kind of sit there and make decisions together if you wanted to and so that's me right so then yeah. my sales guy my sales director's name is byron byron is one of the most incredible humans there is and he's also an amazing salesman and he's also not much of a solo player and so byron basically like almost ignores the fact that it's solo and tells everyone me and my wife play this together. You can play this as a couple. Like this is, it is amazing experience. That's so he's cool. like, like it can, he's totally pinch pitching it as multiplayer, multiplayer, even though like it is yeah, yeah, like, yeah. at first I was like, it was like, I was like, no Byron, it's, it's a solo game, but what are you doing? But like, <laughs> I've come to like, I've come to his like appreciate, right? Like, because when you're at conventions, no one's walking around, but I mean, okay, not no one most people are walking around with someone else, right? If they're yep. going to sit down and demo a game, they're going to do it with their wife or their, or their boyfriend, girlfriend or friend, uh, or maybe even a group of friends, right? Three or four friends. And what I, what I saw quickly with final girl was like, man, these groups of two, three, four, were having an absolute blast. Like that's cool. Play, like basically it's like a horror movie, right? You could go watch yeah. a movie by yourself, yep. but it's kind of fun too, to go with your friends it's not going to change the experience at all. The movie's going to be the same, but now you're enjoying it with others. So like I have kind of come around and, and Byron at the last at Gen Con, him and his son, Ryan, who, who, who does our, our miniatures, they were selling stuff. And Ryan, I guess, came up with the term solo plus. He was started telling everyone, Hey, it's a solo That's plus awesome. game. And so I was like, that's genius. Right? Like, cause it, it, yeah, it upholds yeah. for me like my like inner need needs to be like, yeah. hold strong. It's a solo game, but it also says, but you could do it this way, right? And so like I've completely come around to, uh, and of course like it helps drive sales. So I always like right. depend on those guys for that. And like yes, like we have moved. I am I personally have moved some away from just like kind of sticking that stake in the ground and being like. No, 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 no. The box is one player. It's a one player game. <laughs> you're being more flexible of like, yeah, like, why not? Like, you could definitely, you're not going to each have your own character, but if you want to all participate in the story, take turns rolling dice, even I've seen people pass the cards between, you know, from one turn to the next, and they'll still discuss everything, but the whoever has the cards just kind of has the final say, right? So, like, right. And me and you were playing and you're like, I want to go attack the killer. And I'm like, what are you crazy? We have one health. Yeah. But you, you're like, yeah, but we have the extra die. And I'm like, no, we're going to die. I have the cards. It's my decision. We're going over here. That's so awesome. like, I love stuff it. like that. And like, that's great. Like, I love that. Yeah. 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 You should, you should, uh, you should give Byron a raise. Cause, uh, maybe that's, uh, <laughs> something, there's something there. And, um, 
kind of as a last uh, uh, note here, and and you know, you mentioned Byron being in sales. I'm in sales in my vocation. Um, you know, not so much a question, but curious. You know, if season four, series four, final goal is when we'll finally see the fear of God's own Frank and Nathan and Dr. Riedenstein enter the game. I think it'd be pretty epic to have Paula go against Frank and Nathan, Dr. Riedenstein at the Van Ryder games headquarters location. Okay. So, you know, just uh, happy to help craft that uh, if it comes to it. Um, Well, AJ sincerely, like one, just thank you for, for taking time. And and I'm sure it's kind of nuts for you guys, but um, hopefully in the best way possible, congrats on where the Kickstarter is even right now. And we in the fog here wish you nothing but the best success in the second half. Um, you know, we've become big advocates for it and it's fun. Uh, this has happened a couple of times over the life cycle of the fear of God, where we'll find an inroad with a uh, personality. So we've, we've had the writer Grady Hendrix on a couple of times, you guys, where people in my past who I don't know are fans of a given thing will reach out and be like, Whoa. And this happened for y'all. Uh, a buddy that I knew in like high school. He's like, what y'all are talking to the Van Ryder guys? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's just cool seeing uh, uh, that sort of aspect of it. And I know uh, I got to imagine for you guys, it's just fun watching this behemoth grow and grow and grow. Uh, Probably a little nerve wracking too, but fun uh, more than nerve wracking for sure. If, if nothing else, I look at y'all's product page right now on the Kickstarter. I'm like, Damn, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if you're yeah, if you're buying it, to hit you with all three series, it's like, whoa, yeah, like, yeah, it's it is. People sometimes see the price and they're like, whoa, but it's like you're getting yeah, you're getting yeah. crazy amount of stuff there. Yeah. What you can't see because my Zoom background is blurred out, but there's a a, a one by four Calax behind me with with uh, Final Girl one and two uh, camping out okay. in there. Nice. Um, listeners uh go check out you can just google kickstarter final girl i mean that's that's a very direct path we will have a link to it when we post this conversation um and you know whether it's uh one core box and feature film or the whole shebang um you'll have fun both uh definitely in a solo play but also it sounds like perhaps in solo plus play as well aj thank you for your time man um always a pleasure thanks Nate. yes and we'll, we'll get you guys back here uh soon for another actual film to discuss uh foggers we will now return to your regularly scheduled programming and remember that the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom but not the end of the conversation and in that spirit we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing aj have a good day man thanks